0: 18 plus Pittsburgh Steeler fans welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek this is Steel Curt Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you Thursday morning happy Thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving. If you are not in the United States celebrating Thanksgiving, then you can just enjoy that there's three football games on today. That's right. I'll be watching football. I'll be at Big Brosco's house, uh, making the trip up there uh, just for the day. So I'll be back. For those of you thinking, oh, well, are you skipping the preview? In case you missed it, we were live for the preview uh, Wednesday afternoon. I think that audio is running here later today. Earlier than it would normally run, not not as late at night, but uh, you could still get that where you get your audio podcasts uh, sometime later today. But other than that, we have our regular schedule. Moving on with the Steelers heading into week, what is this, 12? Yes, week 12. I should know that by now. We've got a lot to tackle today because i, I kind of got a lot of the little, little stuff, kind of a little bit all over the place. You know how I am. I'm a little bit scattered at times. But I, I wanted to hit this. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm not going to do what I did, what I normally do, and look at the numbers from the last game. I'm not going to do that. want to burn the tape. Burn the tape. We are going to look at some some stuff in a little bit the past. Then we're going to get into how this is a good matchup for the Steelers with an offense trying to find itself, believe it or not. And we're going to break down those numbers. So we'll get to the normal things that we do in breaking down the matchups and the rankings. I'll once again look at uh, – Uh, the AFC North looking forward, because my goodness, very interesting stuff specifically for this week. But uh, before we do that, I got to start off with what I like to start with every week, if it's available, and it is this week, and that is Zebra Technologies Stat of the Week. So here we go, Zebra Technologies. We've got one, but it's a big one, and it actually has a little bonus when in there dealing with something else with the Steelers. It's about – what was the biggest highlight of this for the Steelers this week? That's right, it was Jalen Warren. Okay, Jalen Warren hit an impressive plus sixty-eight rushing yards above expected on his seventy-eight. No, sorry, sorry, said that wrong. Seventy-four yard touchdown run, hitting a top speed of twenty point oh seven miles per hour on the play, uh, as well, which is tied for eighteenth, eighteenth fastest in Week Eleven. It was the most rushing yards ab- above expected gained on a single play by any Steelers player over the past six seasons and tied most gained on a play in the NFL this year. Warren traveled a total distance of 99.2 yards on the play uh, to most of any ball carrier this week, 15th most by a ball carrier on a play this season. Then here's another one. Fun fact, Calvin Austin reached a top speed of 21.11 miles per hour, running downfield to celebrate with Warren the second fastest speed reached by any Steelers player this season. So there you go. Throw that in there. Uh, Jalen Warren did a nice job of that. Calvin Austin, he ran pretty fast too to get down there uh, with the the Steelers to celebrate. Uh, So so that's a lot of fun. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. Rather than look back at what was the suck fest that was the Steelers' last game, hey, they had some good numbers defensively. Uh, things of that nature, but it's kind of tough when it's a loss. Instead, I'm going to pay tribute. We are going to have a a parting statistical tribute to one offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Now that he has moved on, I'm just going to quickly run down just a few stats uh, to, as he parts uh, from being a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to do it. This is regular and postseason. From Matt Canada, which was, you know, 2021 through so far this season. Matt Canada with the Steelers, they had an overall record of 24-20-1, while Canada was the offensive coordinator. This is not talking about the year he was the quarterback's coach. The Pittsburgh Steelers during that time scored 30 points or more two times. Two times they hit 30 points or more. One was 37 points. One was 30, and it should be noted that both of those games were losses by the Steelers. Okay. Um when you when you look at um uh my I can't even read my writing here. Oh there we go. What about when we talk about 30 points or more. What about 10 points or less? Yeah that happened nine times with Matt Canada um as the offensive quarter three times where it was under 10 and nine times where it was 10 or less. The Steelers were 0 at nine in those contests and out of those nine games Four of them happened this season. Four out of the 10 games in 2023 um, fit into that category. So, yeah, that's not good. That's part of the reason why he was let go. Now, when you look at 300-yard passing games, not by the player, but net passing yards for the team, Um, under Matt Canada, they did that one time, and they were 0-1. That was, I'm pretty sure that was against the Buffalo Bills last year when they got their doors blown off. Okay, so that one time worth passing yards over 300 in a game. But when you talk about under 150 net passing yards, that happened five times. The Steelers, believe it or not, were 3-2 and two in those games. And three out of those five games happened this year. Now let's look at some total yards gained. You know, because it shouldn't be just about passing. I could have broke down the rushing. But I just said, no, we're going to skip. And this is the last thing we're going to do is total yards gained in a game. How many times the Steelers went three hundred and fifty or more total yards? they did it ten times ten times of three hundred fifty yards of offense, none over four hundred um and they were six, three, and one where there was only one time this season that the Steelers went over three hundred and fifty yards of offense that was against the Ravens and went how about under two hundred and fifty yards of offense? They did that five times under Matt Canada of 250 yards or less. They were one and four in four of those games, three times this season. So yes, when you look at some of the bad numbers and then you talk about how many times that happened this season, that's not good. So I just thought I'd hit that rather than the numbers from the last game and things of that nature, because to me, this is a turning point for the Steelers and this is what it's going to be looking forward. Now, the next thing I wanted to do, I looked up some numbers, trying to look at some different narratives, look at, look at some different narratives and, and see if the numbers really hold up. One of them, not the first one we look at, but the second one, was was really hard to do. It took a lot of time and it doesn't fit exactly. I just did the best I could and I'll explain that one in a second. The first one I was going to look at, because this one won't take too long, is you talk about Kenny Pickett not throwing the ball down the field. Um, and someone mentioned his very low completed air yards per completion. Okay. Completed air yards per completion. It means every time he completes a pass, how far did the ball go in the air past the line of scrimmage to where the receiver caught it? You take that divided by the number of completions. You could do it by pass attempt, but all that takes into account is how many incompletions you have. Um, so just looking when he completes the ball, how far it was down the field. Oh, it's it's not very good. It's only 4.8. 4.8 completed air yards per completion. Yeah, that's not good. And, and you're right, it's not. It's worse than Zach Wilson, who it's 5.1. But to put it in context, it's not good. But let's put it in context to some other quarterbacks. There were two quarterbacks uh, this year that were that were four point seven because I'll tell you if you put it ranking it from the top, uh, uh, hold on it my my numbers just messed up. but if you look at it, he's twenty six out of thirty four is is what you have on the leaderboard here. um I'm using pro football reference as I do for all my stuff because they has some some really good numbers there um but so who was worse than him? Two of them were four point seven that was Russell Wilson and Aiden O'Connell of qualifying quarterbacks I'm not sure exactly what their qualifying numbers are I think you have to have so many complete uh so many attempts um everyone I see here has over 100 attempts it might be 104 I don't know 140 might be the number as well not exactly sure but this is just on their list how about 4.5 um uh, completed air yards per completion 4.5 so that's worse than Kenny Patrick Mahomes is it 4.5 Joe Burrow, 4.4. 4. Then, of course, you get, you know, Mac Jones and Bryce Young and Daniel Jones all at 4.3. And then the worst was uh, Tyson Bajant, however you say it. I should know he played college not very far from here. But uh, he was 3.9, but did have enough uh, attempts to, to count. So you say, oh, that's not good at Kenny Pickett. And that's true. It should be better. But to put it in perspective, it was better than Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. So right now, so it's not, that tells you that it, it's important, but it's not the most important number. So, okay, so that's one. Another thing that I decided I was going, going to look up and try to compile, and I listen to what I say, try to compile. It's something that I know really irks Tim Benz. Um, who covers the, the Steelers and Pittsburgh sports for the trip. He actually is part of Fans for Sports Network. His Breakfast with Ben's podcast is part of our network. All you have to do is go to anywhere you get podcasts. I get—I do Apple. I type in the word Ben's, B-E-N-Z. Boom, it's the first thing that comes up. I click on that because I listen to him every Monday for Madden Monday. I do, with him and Mark Madden uh, doing their you know 20, 20 to 30-minute podcast that they do. And he even brought this up on this past week. So, I wanted he he brings it up, and this is something people talked about in the past. And I'm like, it's a very Steeler centric thing that you think, oh, the Steelers are terrible at this. Are they? Are they, or is it really everybody? That's going to be for this question and for the next one, which is a defensive one. So, for this one, and the thing that bothers him is throwing short of the sticks on third down, completing a pass that's not beyond the sticks on third down. Now, I understand that because don't you want to get the first down? Absolutely, you do. But you also have to remember the defense is trying to keep you from getting that first down. And guess what they're often trying to do? They're trying to defend the sticks. So sometimes if you're going to get the completion, you've either got to throw it short or deep. Far beyond the sticks, and sometimes you know, third and third, especially third and short. All the Steelers going deep on third and short. That was always a thing they didn't like. Steelers fans did like with Ben Roethlisberger, you know, and, and and Kenny Pickett. At least I know he did in the preseason. Well, they'll take that shot as well because that's what the defense is showing. It makes sense to um, to do that. You have as you know, when you really look at the numbers, you have just about as much probability to complete that than you do one uh, a highly defended shorter pass. So I decided I was going to look at this, and I broke it down in two different ways. First, I looked at it from third down and 5 to 10 yards, 5 to 10 yards. And then I looked at it again, 11 to 15 – Not 5 to 10, sorry. 6 to 10 yards, 6 to 10 yards. Third and 5 or less was a different category. 6 to 10 yards was, was 1. 11 to 15 was another category. I didn't go over 15 yards because you're, if you're third and 17 – you have a tendency to just check down and see what you can get. Um, because a lot of times teams will send pressure. You don't have time to even have guys get 17 yards down the field. I just thought, you know, we'll leave it at 15. Was it was a good stopping point. Now, the way they break it down a pro football reference, I actually had to reach out to them and they got back to me. Exact, they had break it down where was it a short pass? Was it a long pass? And I needed to know where that where that break was, and I was searching everywhere, couldn't find it. Uh, they sent me something. I, then I, and after they sent it to me, I actually then found it and confirmed it. So that was great. That it's 15 yards. Now it doesn't. So everything I do has to be a short pass. I didn't consider any long passes. So the and, and that and that's how far it goes in the air. That's 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 completed air yards because you could have a short pass for an 80-yard touchdown. You dump it off and they run forever. So I was looking at those numbers, and the only way I could really do it, I, I couldn't have it be just strictly short of the sticks. So what I looked for is I wrote out incompletions. Whether you threw it short and it didn't complete it, who cares? Whether you didn't complete it, a, a three-yard pass on third and eight, or if you didn't complete a 13-yard pass on third and eight, it was incompletion. I couldn't gather the data that way. So I was only, I'm only looking at completions, completions. So the the best way to do it is did you complete a pass but not have it be for a first down. So first I did that for for third and 6 to 10, anywhere from 6 to 10. It completing a pass but it not going for a first down. Obviously, it's a short pass. You're throwing it short of the sticks. So there's going to be some numbers in there that may or may not fit the short of the sticks idea, meaning it could have been third and six and they threw it eight yards and they completed it for a first down. That's going to show up here as being a completion for a first down. But what I was looking at more than anything was how often it wasn't completed for a first down, which meant it was completed, but not far enough. Now, could this even be that they threw it short and Yak got the first down? Sure. Because, but my argument with that is, you want that. That's that's a desired outcome. It's okay if you throw if it's third and seven, and you throw a five yard pass and you get nine yards. That's acceptable because sometimes you know you're throwing a slant. Which my goodness, when's the last time we saw the Steelers do a slant? Um, that seems like it's forever. You know, maybe a screen like the Steelers did did it this past week. They had a third and long. I think the when, when we get to eleven to fifteen. They've only completed one pass that went for a first down. That was this past week. It was, but it was a screen pass to Jalen Warren, but he busted it for enough yards. So what I did to see if throwing it short of the sticks is a Steelers problem was I did it for every team in the NFL, and how often are they getting a first down when it's third and six to ten yards, and you're throwing a short pass? It could be beyond the line to gain. It couldn't, or it might not be the the best team at getting a first down when they actually complete the pass in this range is actually the Chargers 83.3% of their passes go for first downs. So in other words, they had 18 plays, 15 of them got a first down, 3 of them did not. So they did complete three passes that did not that did not go for a first down. Obviously it was short of the sticks and they didn't gain that way. So but that's top of the league. Believe it or not. When you look at the percentage, the Steelers are ninth best in the NFL of actually, com- when they're completing a pass on third down, uh, having it go for a first down when it's six to ten yards. So the, the raw numbers for them is it was, it was 17 plays, 17 plays this season, and 11 of them has gone for first down. So the Steelers have checked the ball down or thrown it short of the sticks and then not got the first down. Six times when they were looking at third, third down and six to ten yards to go. Six times, that's all. That's less than once a game, and it feels like they're doing it all the time. blah. blah, blah. there, there, there are, are a number of teams that have that have six. The Steelers have only done it six times. The Seahawks have only done it six times. Um, uh, but they had less plays that 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 they did it, and same with Washington. They've only done it six times. Um, So the three of them are tied when I look at the numbers. Green Bay's only done it five times. Miami's only done it four times. And And the Chargers and Niners have only done it three. That's the only ones that have done it less than the Steelers or even. That's it. Everybody else has done it more often where they've taken – we're on third, and between 6 and 11 – sorry, between 6 and 10, sorry, between 6 and 10, they've completed a pass, but not far enough for a first down. So the Steelers are actually better than the rest of the NFL at not doing that as often. Now, they might, they might be throwing it short of the sticks, but they're actually getting the first down, or they're throwing it beyond the sticks. The amount of times it has happened has not actually been all that many. Uh, tops in the league – of of who's done it the most there's been a couple teams that have done it 13 times the panthers have the broncos have and the saints have where it's where, where they've thrown it short not got the first down on third down when it was third and 6 to 10 yards so that narrative actually the steelers are better at not doing that than most of the NFL so that's just something to remember so when you see that and it's frustrating they're not doing it any more often than than other teams. They're actually doing it less often than other teams, unless you're counting incompletions. And the only way I could look at that would be to go back and chart every play. Now, let's real quick look at what about when it's a little bit longer? What about when it's third and 11 to 15? For that one, that's when I would say the Steelers wave the white flag. Now, the percentage of these goes down significantly with how many of them actually completed for a first down. For example. The best in the NFL, it's a tie between the Lions and the Raiders. Or when they complete a pass on third and 11 to 15 yards, they get a first down. They've got a first down half the time. Two teams have even done it half the time. So that tells you that the NFL overwhelmingly, when it's more than 10 yards, but, but not more than 15, and it's third down, they're checking the ball down whenever they have a completion they're completing passes short and aren't getting first downs that's 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 huge i mean that like the best are 50% so if you if you give me just a moment i could hopefully maybe even calculate what you know how often they teams are getting the first down overall it's 47 plays on or 47 times on 202 plays. So that's telling you the league average is 23% when it's the distance of 10 or 11 yards to 15 yards. 23% of the time our teams actually completing a pass for a first down. That means more than 75% of the time they're comp- of when they are completing the pass it is short of the sticks. That's the that's the NFL average, 23.2. What are the Steelers? That when it gets farther away they are less they are a lot more likely to check it down, try to get some yards, maybe break it. That's the range where the Steelers throw short of the sticks. So if Tim's frustrated, that's the distance. They do it a lot more when it's when it's that 11 to 15. They only have they they have only com- got a first down on 16.7% of the time. That's tied with the Baltimore Ravens. They both have the same numbers. They've done it six times where they've completed a pass on third down in that range, and only one time have they gotten a the first down. So that means five times they've thrown it short. Now, there's there's not many teams that haven't that, that have completed them short, less than five. That I mean, there's a lot of threes and fours, a couple twos. Um, but that's just generally the way that it goes in the NFL when it comes to to those type of Numbers. All right. So I wanted to answer that one. I'm I'm running way over. I know the other thing that I wanted to look at that, that I know frustrates fans sometimes is they talk about, Oh, the Steelers giving up um, a third and long, like a third and 10 or more. And they give up the first down. I've said this for years that happens to everybody that happens to everyone. All, all NFL teams give up, give up first downs. But I will be honest with you, the Steelers this year, not as good as they have been. For example, so they've been doing it more this year than in years past. For example, last year, I'm pretty sure when I look at it, they were one sixth in the NFL. Hold on. No, sorry, fifth in the NFL with the fewest number of first downs achieved on third and 10 or longer. It was only 14.7% of the time, 14.7%. The problem is this year, not as, not as good, not as good. They're, they're tied with the Chargers. They're like, I think it's 21st. They're 22.2% of the time, they're giving up a first down on on, a, on third and 10 or longer. They, it's been 10 times that that's happened. So this one, if you're feeling that this year, it is more than it was last year. But people that thought that was happening all the time last year, they were the fifth best. This year, they're not the worst in the league at it, of course, but they, that's something they could improve on, is not giving up the third and longs. Um, but, you know, penalties and crap like that come into play. Here's what's crazy. Here's a number, though, I want to throw out there before we take a quick break. There is a team that they've faced 35 third and 10 or more this season. 35. and They've only given up one first down. One first down on third down on third and 10 or longer. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars. One first down. The Kansas City Chiefs have only given up two. Two on 36. Okay. That's, pretty, that's some pretty impressive numbers because uh, the Chiefs are really doing more this year with their defense than with their offense. Dallas has only been three. And then you get into a number of teams that have been four. And like I said with the Steelers, it's been 10. 10 times they have given up the first down on third and 10 or longer. All right, we're, we got to get. I told you I had a lot to talk about today, even though it's Thanksgiving. Whew, hopefully, if you're not listening to this on Thanksgiving, you catch it a little bit later. And if you didn't, then I don't know who I'm talking to because you're obviously not listening to it. So I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break, come back. We're going to look at the AFC North, look at the Cincinnati Bengals and Steelers matchup, and why it's a good one for the Steelers. So stick around with me right now. When the phone
1: Void were prohibited by law, see terms and conditions eighteen plus.
0: All right, Steelers fans, here we go. Sorry that we ran over in the first half, but I really felt like I wanted to explain those different things I was looking at. Whew, okay, so here we go. First, let's take a quick glance. Sorry if it seems like I'm off of the distance. I have to turn around and get even more numbers from somewhere else. I got them all over the place. You, you hear the, the notebook turning and everything else. AFC North right now, the Steelers fell back to third place in the North at 6-4. and four. They are still, if, if the playoffs started this week, they would still be in the playoffs just barely. Baltimore is eight and three, Cleveland seven and three, a half game behind. The Steelers are six and four. Technically, that's a game and a half behind. They're only one game back in the lost column. And Cincinnati is at five and five. Now, just like I have been doing, looking ahead at, at, at the opponents that, that these teams are going to face. First of all, let's just look at this week. Baltimore plays Denver, and I'm fairly certain, I should have already had that, that, that is in not Denver, sorry, wrong team. It's not Baltimore that plays Denver. It's Cleveland that plays Denver. Baltimore plays the the Chargers. And the thing that's crazy with the Chargers is that you never really know what kind of team you're going to get with the Chargers. They generally Charger it up at the end. If you've ever listened to uh, Jeff Hartman and Rob Stascarer on the – on the um, FFSN football show. They do Mondays where they recap Sundays. They talk about the Chargers charging it up a bunch. That's on Sunday Night Football. And uh, for some reason, I'm not able to find it because ah, I'm on the wrong week of the season. That's why. Because uh, I'm that that is in L.A., as I thought. That's in L.A., and that's who the Ravens have before the bye. You never know what the Chargers... Uh, Boses went on IR. The Ravens are good, but the Chargers... They have a tendency to play everybody close and just find a way to lose. The other uh, matchup that's not an AFC North, you know, between two AFC North teams is the Browns traveling to the Broncos. This one's interesting because the Broncos have been playing much better now to get back to five hundred. They have, and their defense has really turned it around, and their offense is is not an embarrassment. And this is going to be this is going to be interesting for this Browns team because as we're going to say, they have a pretty easy schedule remaining. They really do, and this is this is one of those "quote unquote" even games that they have left. A, a team that has a, currently has an even record, and if this this is going to make or this is really going to make or break both of these team seasons. If Denver drops this one, then chances are they're gonna they're gonna fall out of things a little bit more. Um, if Cleveland drops this one, they are they're. Showing that not having the quarterback could could maybe be it. This was going to be interesting. I, I I could see this being a low scoring affair. This is one I'm going to be paying attention to. It's a four o'clock game, so after the post game show is done, I'll be I'll be checking that one. I'll probably even have it on while while the while the show's going on, um, unless it's on my network channel, then I can't see it uh, because <laughs> where I where I watch during the show, all it has is uh, streaming. So it, all it has is my Sunday ticket. And then, of course, you got the Steelers and Bengals. This is kind of a, a make-or-break game for both of these teams, for the Steelers and Bengals. What are the Steelers – how are the Steelers doing moving forward without – with, with firing their offensive coordinator? How are the Bengals going to do moving forward without their quarterback? This This will set the tone for each of these teams. Now, I do not like that the Bengals are on 10 days rest, but also – They've probably been preparing for the Steelers and, and all that silly stuff that Matt Canada does. Only the Tuesday, say, "Uh oh, now we've got to change it up a little bit because we don't know what to expect. Because it's not going to be, hopefully, for Steelers fans, not the same old, same old. But here we go, looking at what we have left. the The Ravens oh, their six games because they 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 go to the Chargers and they have a bye, so they have they, they play the four and six Chargers bye and the currently four and six Rams. So they've got three weeks there. That's that's the e- easiest part of their schedule they have left. One LA team by other LA team. And I don't know if that one's on the road or home. I, I, I think it's at home for them against the Rams, but I'm not sure. Then they have three straight seven and three teams and finish up with the Steelers who are six and four right now. So they have a much harder end of their schedule. Those those seven and three teams, I'm pretty sure, don't know if the order is correct. It goes, it's Jacksonville. San Francisco and Miami. They have those three games right before they play the Steelers. So, it'll be interesting to see what how things shape out there. Cleveland, they've actually got the easiest schedule remaining. They only got two teams that have winning records left on their schedule. It's it's Jacksonville is one of them and I think you Jacksonville and Houston are the two that they have left. They only have two teams with even records, that's this week in Denver and the final week of the season with Cincinnati. And then they've got three teams with losing records. They get like the Bears are in there. Um, then they got a couple four and six teams, and I don't even remember who they are. Uh, the Steelers at six and four, they have the next easiest schedule. They only have two games against winning teams with winning records, and that's the last two weeks of the se- weeks of the season that currently have winning records. Uh, three te- three games against teams that are even because two of them are against the Bengals, and then two against teams with losing records. So look at what the Steelers have. They go at Bengals. Cardinals, Patriots, at Polts, home against Bengals. That's a big five-game stretch for the Steelers. They have a chance to get on a roll there. The question is, will they? So that's a very big five-game stretch coming up, um, starting with this one, because honestly, winning this game means that's one less team with a winning record that we'll be looking at next week or an even record with because the, they have to play the Bengals again. And Cincinnati – they play the Steelers this week. That's one of the easiest games they got left. They've got seven games left, six of them are against teams with winning records and one with an even record, and that's Indy. That they start to play Indy. But they, they have a, a crazy hard schedule. So the Bengals have the hardest schedule. Um, they're, the overall records of their remaining uh, compo- of, of opponents are 44 and 27. That's a 62% winning percentage. Then it's the Ravens. Uh, their, um, their records are 35 and 25. That's a 58.3 winning percentage. Then when it comes to winning percentage, it's actually the Browns next. Um, 34 and 37, that's 47.9%. And the Steelers, 33 and 39, because that's 45.8%. That's because the Steelers, they have two games left against teams that only have two wins right now. Um, everyone, else, the, the next worst is the the Browns have to play one team that has only has three wins right now. Everybody else, it's more. But sometimes those games against teams with only a couple wins can scare you. I know they scare me. Let's look at the breakdown here because I still haven't got to my main point of this whole podcast, and that is this is this is a good matchup for the Steelers for what they're trying to do right now. Potentially could be a good matchup, potentially, I should say. It all depends on how they show up and play on the field. Cincinnati. Offense, overall, 24th, uh, 298.7 yards a game. They're 21st in points, which is 20.2 points a game. They're 30th in run offense, 80.9 yards a game, and 18th in passing offense in 217.8 yards per game. The Steelers are 28th in yards compared to 24 in Cincinnati with 280.1. They're 28th in points with 16.6 compared to the 21st in Cincinnati. They're 16th in rushing now. They're up to 110.1 yards per game. That's way better than the Bengals' 30th in rushing. But the Steelers are 31st in passing with 170 yards per game. Uh, That's way behind the Bengals. When you talk about how often they've been sacked, the Steelers have been sacked 23 times, which is tied for 13th. Bengals have been sacked 27 times, which is tied for 22nd. They both are tied for first in turnovers, the fewest turnovers, eight. Both teams only have eight turnovers on the season. All right, now let's look at the defense. It's not very often that the Steelers win all the matchups. Yards, Steelers are 27th, 367.6. Bengals are 30th. They're 30th defense in the league, 386.1. Points surrendered. Steelers are all the way up to 7th in the NFL, 19.5. Where the Bengals, they're 21st at 22.6. That's their best ranking as well, is points. Uh, Rushing yards, the Steelers are 23rd, giving up 127.7. Bengals are 31st, giving up 138.3 yards per game. Then through the air, the Steelers are 23rd. They're giving up 239.9. Where the Bengals are 27th, giving up 247.8. When it comes to the sacks, um, the Steelers they're they're 14th in the NFL with 28. Uh, the Bengals are right behind. They're tied for 17th uh, with 26. And with and when it comes to takeaways, the Steelers are tied for second with 19. And the Bengals are tied for fifth with 18. The Steelers barely hold an advantage. So the Steelers are plus 11 for the season, and the Bengals are plus 10. That's two places where they're really even. So they're really even with the splash play stuff. But this is actually a defense that the Steelers outrank stuff. I mean, if you compare the Steelers' offense to the Bengals' defense, Steelers are 28th in, in, in yards. Bengals' defense is 30. Steelers' offense is 28th in points. Uh, the Bengals are 21st. That's not different. The Steelers are 16th in run, running the football, and the Bengals are 31st, you know. Um, but even the Steelers' 31st passing yards isn't that much – you know, up against the twenty seventh defense. So this is kind of important. Looking at this, I th- this is act this is the worst defense the Steelers have statistically that they have on their schedule. If you look at just the yardage, just the yardage, and you're going to go from worst, you'll start with the thirty second team. That's Denver because. The, the, everything they gave up against the Dolphins. They're 32nd. The Chargers are 31st. The Bengals are 30th. Okay. Then Washington's 29th. The Giants are 28th. The Steelers are 27th. The Buccaneers are 26th. None of those teams, the Steelers play other than the Bengals. Then you get India 25 and Arizona 24. But I mean, if you look at this, based on the numbers right now through week 11, this is the worst defense that the Steelers face this year, based on the numbers. Based on the numbers. Not only that, you're like, well, how are they playing recently? Just look at Cincinnati's last two games. Now, they're playing two pretty good offenses, the Ravens and, and the Texans. So I get that. With the last two games, they're giving up an average of 32 points. They go 34 and 30, their last two games. They're av- giving up an average of 172.5 rushing yards over the last two games. So it's not that the Bengals were trending in the right direction. They're trending more towards not doing too good the last couple games. So to me, I think this is really important, that this is key for the for the Steelers. So you got an offense that might need to find their way, figuring stuff out with a new offensive coordinator. One, I could see that they could be a little bit rejuvenated and they could be improved from the last two weeks. I mean, my goodness, when it, at least in the passing game, because I don't know, other than throwing interceptions, it couldn't get much worse when it comes to actual yardage and output. When you're talking about points scored, it couldn't really get much worse. They're not, not scoring points, okay? Rushing the ball, just do what you've been doing. Do what you've been doing, rack up the rushing yards. This could actually be – one of the better matches for the Steelers because, like I said, they're going up against one of the weakest defenses that they face. So it's not like you're going out there with a new offensive coordinator trying to go up against a a really good offense like Cleveland, like Baltimore, like some of those teams that they have to face, like the 49ers that they've already played. This, I think, could be the right, the right matchup at the right time, based on what the Steelers just did on offense. Whoo! I've gone way over. I had a ton of numbers, but this was a lot of fun, just kind of spewing them out there to you. Hope you have a very good Thanksgiving. Enjoy the football games if that's what you do. I watch the football games. That's what I do. Um, if you're catching this after Thanksgiving, I don't blame you because, you know, I, hopefully you're spending time with family. Hopefully, maybe you catch up and still. My nerds at Steel are still um, catching Stat Geek when they can. Make sure you're checking out all the rest of our podcast. Hit up SteelCurtainNetwork.com. We're, we're we're trying to bring it to you the best that we can. And as I always say, to finish these out. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky.
2: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office.